Hello, and welcome to another episode of A German and a Catholic Go to a Movie. And the movie that we went to this time, separately, of course, because he's in Denmark and I'm in Australia, is Baz Luhrmann's recent epic, Elvis. Oolaloo. <laughs> for any Australians out there listening, they'll know that Baz Luhrmann has a pretty strong reputation for doing quite over-the-top, visual, camp, extravaganza-type films with lots of music and quite charismatic actors. Probably his most famous one, I think, that almost everyone's heard of was Moulin Rouge, which I really enjoyed. I thought that was a really good film. And it basically took Nicole Kidman from being like, you know, sort of an aspiring starlet to someone quite iconic. And, you know, she's managed to since carve out a pretty impressive career and over quite a long time, which is I don't think a lot of people would have expected that. Now, I don't know anyone who knew Nicole Kidman, I have to say. Like, I don't have any stories about her, but I do have a couple of Baz Luhrmann stories. And I'll just quickly go into those. A friend of mine who was living in my house at the time worked on Gatsby. And she, you know, once the sets were dismantled, she actually managed to get hold of the flowers from Gatsby's estate garden. And they were all fake, obviously. And they were all through my garden out the back. So we we <laughs> decorated the whole garden with Gatsby nice. flowers. At the conclusion of the Gatsby production, Baz put on a special screening of a Harry Potter film. And I got to go. And you actually saw Baz come in with his assistant and sit down only a couple of seats away. It was pretty exciting. You know, he's where you quite... dressed as where you dressed as Harry Potter. <laughs> I think Harry Potter is crap. Like I know I'm one of the few people. I saw the first one, I saw the last one. Just not into that whole, you know, magic, witchy biz, you know, it just doesn't appeal to me at all. But you know, I'm clearly in the minority because everybody loves it. You were raving about the Harry Potter tour and the, and the Warner Brothers studios uh, oh, in our last podcast. You're contradicting true, yourself like, here. <laughs> it's true. The Harry Harry Potter world really is amazing. But as I said, then the <laughs> the sarcastic and tired approach of the tour bus guide was the best part of the whole thing. But on to Elvis. I've had mixed feelings about this. I thought it was it had the usual fantastic visuals, fantastic style. Reasonably charismatic actor, you know, leading it. I thought he was, I don't know, I thought there was something missing from this. And I was a little bit bored and I thought it had too many endings. Like it just didn't it have one ending and you think, oh, that could be the end. And then there was another one. And then there was another one. They didn't really go into his final death, which was, you know, a massive heart attack caused by drug abuse and constipation. So it's not a very rock and roll death to die on the bathroom floor. You know <laughs> Of constipation, a heart attack at four, only 42. That's pretty young. I always thought he was at least in his 50s. I was a bit surprised. Our, our dear listeners, as you can already hear, this is a very a movie very close to uh, Jared's heart and uh, to his <laughs> liking because he's he's already gone off in in his monologue here. Um, okay. I can just nod and agree, but maybe we should give a, a little bit trivia as well. Yes, the trivia that I've got is Austin Butler was actually in the Carrie Diaries at some stage. <laughs> was actually in the Carrie Diaries, which I haven't seen, Gregor, which may shock you. For those who don't know, the Carrie Diaries was like basically a Sex in the City spin-off that had teenage Carrie Bradshaw and what she was like at school. And it's as terrible that, as you can imagine it was. <laughs> that, that, I think that's almost the most important trivia about the movie. I didn't know that, to be honest. <laughs> but maybe for our listeners who are not movie aficionados like us, just a quick background. So Elvis is the newest movie from Lars Berman, who, as Geraldo already said, is a very extravagant filmmaker, mostly, I would say, 
focused on like musicals or almost like uh, musicals with over-the-top set design, for example, Moulin Rouge or The Great Gatsby. Yeah, it's just been running in theater, actually, I think since earlier this summer, and it's already available on HBO here in the Nordics, I think in Australia. On... Yeah, it is. You can get it on YouTube. You got to buy it though. You oh yeah, you can rent it on YouTube. Yeah, so you can't rent it. You got to buy it. For the German listeners, you have to find it out yourself. But yeah, you can actually already watch that movie at home, which I thought was interesting uh, since it's already been in cinema. Which I thought is interesting since it only been out of cinema since a few weeks ago. Did Did you watch it in theater, Jared? Yeah, I went to actually. I went to a cinema to see it. I think it needs a big screen. I think it's one of those films. Yeah, for on yeah. the screen for sure. Yeah, I I would agree. And to come back to your um, <laughs> quick synopsis, um, I have to say it's actually a good summary that you kind of rushed through the synopsis because the movie, for me, it was for a big part. It was like, although a very long movie, it kind of ended quite abruptly. And as you say, they don't really go into the, how do you say, the, the decline of Elvis. The, um, yeah, they certainly thought, downplayed that. They didn't really show yeah, that. Yeah, but I, I didn't mind that so much. I don't know what did you think about it, but I kind of like that part, to be fair. The, the movie for me has quite some issues, which we will go into later, but I thought it was interesting that they kind of didn't show too much of this drug, obesity, um, sickness, uh, lying on the bathroom floor, whatever, dying on the toilet, I think. I don't know. What did you think about it, uh, Jared? It, to me, it was like two movies. Uh, the first half of it, this is this is not really spoiler stuff, so you don't have to worry too much if you haven't seen it. But the first half of it, I felt, was like a Spoiler, extended... it's, it's about Elvis Presley and his life. <laughs> <laughs> and in the end, he dies. Um, <laughs> the first half was like a trailer. It was all really quick cuts, quick movements, yep. lots of music, lots of... And it built, I felt, a strong connection between Elvis and black music. I felt that was a real thing in it. Yeah. And, then, and it does succeed to a degree in doing that. F- felt a bit, but felt a bit too forced at parts i found succeeds sometimes helps the music of course but um, i read a little bit background and it's not that elvis apparently was only influenced by black music that gets a bit idolized in the movie apparently a lot of white country music was in there as well apparently what i did read about this is that his estate which was uh, basically revived by priscilla presley like when apparently when she took over the elvis estate it was in a real shambles and they had a lot of debt and she's managed to turn it around to make it the money-making thing that it is through licensing yeah. his name and his music like she is a very astute businesswoman or she's at least capable of you know turning it around and making a profit which is pretty commendable because apparently it was in a real state um and they approved this version and i just felt what did you hmm? what did you think about the second part so you said the first part oh, felt the first like part. a trailer yeah, okay. which i would agree i'm a bit all over the place tonight um i would say the second part then becomes a much slower much more verbose drama with a lot of recreations totally and, yeah and i just thought it was like two movies I probably preferred the tone of the first section, but it's quite jarring when it suddenly stops. Basically, the the angle for this movie is that he had a, a manager who basically signed him up to an exploitive contract and made him work it out. And that's an angle you don't often see. So maybe that's one of the reasons why, you know, his decline and drug abuse and womanizing and 
and whatever else he did wasn't really the focus of this story because it had a slightly different focus, which was the exploitive relationship he had with his manager who basically screwed him out of all this money and forced him to stay in Vegas, even though he didn't actually want to do it. At least, as you say, for the first half, the movie takes an uh, unorthodox approach for like a yeah, music sure. biopic because you kind of see it from the perspective of this manager mm -hmm. called Colonel Parker, played by... Tom Hanks in a, a fat suit. Apparently, that is now the the is very en vogue in a Hollywood at the moment. Not higher, overweight, or maybe not attractive people anymore, but just put like a skinny actress in fat suits. Yeah. Nevertheless, you see like the movie a bit from his perspective, and he's kind of portrayed as this yeah, almost a bit like a Lucifer, like a diabolic uh, figure in the background, which didn't work for me a hundred percent either because I feel like the character is too one-dimensional, just greedy and bad. And then when you read about it, you hear things that like uh, Priscilla, even at his eulogy, said uh, when the manager died 20 years after Elvis, which you wouldn't think, uh, <laughs> looking how bad in shape he was versus Elvis in the beginning. She even said she really liked the guy and Elvis was happy to give him 50% of his earnings. So oh, really? it's not oh, all as black and white as portrayed in the movie, I think. What did you think about the Tom Hanks character? The Tom Hanks character, I felt, was almost like some sort of goblin in the background, staring yeah. from the side of the stage and looking across the room that was dark. And you sort of wondered what he was doing. Like, was he married? Did he have any children? Yeah. What he, was he couldn't just walk around and stand around all the time. So, so just some trivia on him. I read about him on Wikipedia. <laughs> he had a wild life as well. One thing is that it is quite likely he killed someone actually before he managed um, Elvis, yeah. a young woman. And then he flew back to uh, the Netherlands where he's apparently from. That never gets really referenced in the movie. So I felt like that, like you say, the, the character, you don't know anything about him, although he's probably a very interesting character as well. One character I did think who didn't really get explored very much was Priscilla. Like, she was sort of almost like a minor girlfriend. You know, as I said it previously, like her story of building the empire again is pretty interesting. You know, obviously it's a different sort of movie, but maybe the movie could have gone in that direction and shown that he died and then she they could have flipped to her story to build it up again. Yeah, for um, for all the, the younger listeners <laughs> who are maybe not so familiar with Elvis, Priscilla was his wife and the mother of one daughter, I think. Yeah, right? Lisa Marie. Who later, in a very passionate, only love-driven relationship, got together with Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson. Yes, the, the controversial <laughs> Michael Jackson. But she doesn't barely gets a mention in the film. Like, she's yeah. in it. They sort of push it a bit towards the end that he's a devoted family man, but you never quite get that feeling yeah. that they are actually a family because they're sort of saying he's doing it all for his daughter and he's doing it for Priscilla and then it all fell apart and then he married someone else else and she divorced him or something but you never get the feeling that that was a true strong relationship i felt and considering like she was 14 apparently when they met that, that just doesn't get mentioned at all, at all. yeah that's yeah, crazy she, was, she was like she was 14 and he was like late 20s or something yeah. and she certainly doesn't look like uh, 14 oh yeah in the beginning like she looks <laughs> a very teenage and so does he actually she's an aussie actor by the way Olivia de Chong. Well, you think I would yeah. know on that, but obviously not. Oh, she's taking over Hollywood. Uh, when is your big <laughs> breakthrough Rebel Wilson, coming? she should be in his next production. What, what's going on? Uh, when am I going to be is in it, it? Is it too late for you, Geraldo? Or? <laughs> uh, to play the old Elvis, no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Elvis too. <laughs> Elvis too. What happened after he died on the toilet?
Um, but what did you what did you think about? So we we talked about Colonel Parker. Personally, I felt I mean it's Tom Hanks, but I felt like character didn't really work for me. Yeah, um, I agree with that. His his acting was also a little bit too one dimensional, too evil. But what did you think about the the Elvis performance, for example, played by Austin Butler, which which I personally only knew from uh, Once Upon the a Time Dark. in Hollywood. <laughs> So, sorry. You knew him from the Carrie Diaries, didn't you admit it? Oh, sorry. No, no. Yeah, you knew him from the Carrie Diaries, but I personally <laughs> only know him from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He plays uh, one of the uh, Manson guys in the end in oh, the, really? the apartment. Yeah. Yeah, you would you you wouldn't you wouldn't think, but that's uh, the role I saw him. Look, he did a good job, but apparently, did you know he actually sang all the earlier songs? They weren't Elvis recordings. Oh wow! Isn't that amazing? See, I did do some research on this before I sat down, but then they used Elvis recordings in the later Vegas stuff. Yeah, and the yeah. comeback special. But I thought that was yeah. pretty impressive. But having said yeah, that, now impressive. they can manipulate yeah. audio so much now that, like, I could get up and start singing and, you know, we, they could make, turn it into Elvis. We might have to sing our intro song uh, together soon. What do you think, Geraldo? I think do we Do you think the fans like, will love that? Love me, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> German and a Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that uh, when he was talking, especially in the end, he was going for it like with <laughs> where we, we had to put uh, subtitles on to understand anything he was saying, basically. And it was, I thought it was interesting, too, how they used CGI to mature his face. Did you notice that? Oh, OK. He had a very thin angular face when he was young and obviously as you get older you know your features thicken up a bit towards the end he definitely looked too good to be anywhere comparable to the older elvis oh yeah the older um, elvis certainly declined pretty heavily. I, felt, I didn't mind so much that he looked different i would say than elvis all the time i mean elvis was very attractive uh young looking man as well in a, maybe in a different way than austin butler It just struck me a little bit towards the end because he seemed like super well in shape when he plays older Elvis as well. And he, yeah, maybe they aged his face a little bit, but he looked like nothing like the Elvis you saw in the clips of the real Elvis towards the end. The clips of the real Elvis, though, I thought almost undermined the film. I felt because they really show yeah. how charismatic, good, yeah. like even just him in those clips, you could see the charisma on the screen. You could see the magic. You could see the looks. You're not a traditionally good looking person, but very, very handsome, but very manly looking, which isn't sort of what a lot of Hollywood people look like now, younger people. I felt that almost undermined the film because it was like, and here's the imitation thing. And now here's a real thing, which is 10 times better. Yeah, it was like kind of the best scene of the movie. I, oh, yeah, for uh, sure. I also have some third opinions today. Ooh. My anonymous movie watching partner with a Spanish background. We watched it together and she said, which I would agree, she was very happy we were watching the movie, by the way, of course. It's not really in my terror, but she loved it, uh, the, the idea of watching the movie, but she didn't like it too much either. And she said she couldn't really identify with the Elvis or like knew really what was going on within him. And I'm not sure whether the movie tries to answer that, but I felt the same. I, I thought the performance was good, but was you, you didn't really know more about Elvis in any way afterwards, I thought. Or what did you think about his performance? I thought they were trying to sort of modernize his image a little bit. And this is one of the reasons I think why the estate approved it, because 80s, 90s and the noughties, there were basically three icons that get recycled regularly. One was James Dean, one was Elvis. Yeah. And the next one was Marilyn Monroe. And they sort of yeah. go through cycles where they just keep recycling them. Like 
Mother Monroe sort of she gets recycled pretty regularly, and they've got a couple. She's of she's coming back now with uh, Blonde with Ana de Armas on yeah. uh, Netflix. Like they've sort of dropped James Dean from the roster because you know for social reasons, I think that sort of persona doesn't sell anymore. It may eventually yeah. sell, but they can't keep it in rotation. And I felt this film was almost a calculated advertisement to modernise his image associating with being a bit of an everyman and freedom fighting and equal rights and, you know, a bit of an activist before his time. There was a yeah. little bit of an angle of that. I don't know whether he was or he wasn't, but that's the first I've seen of it. And Me too. And I felt they were kind of modernising it to repackage it and resell it to another generation. I don't think it's going yeah. to work in that way. I it think Marilyn forced. Monroe will always stick around just because she's really pretty. And she's one of those few people i mean i know she died young i think she died when she was 36 you just don't really see any bad photos of her have you noticed that with Marilyn Monroe, yeah, that's like, true yeah you know even casual even ones the... where she's walking or when she was you know being photographed leaving a restaurant with arthur miller or something yeah. you never see any bad photos of her but she did die young yeah. so you know generally yeah. bad photos come as you get older like say yeah. with Elvis, they certainly did. And I just always thought that, you know, she's she's more sellable than I think Elvis yeah. is at the moment. I don't think I don't think this is gonna quite repackage him in the way that they might have wanted. I agree. And now that you're saying, of course, the estate, the Elvis estate is kind oh, of they, involved yeah. in the making, or they at least have to approve they it. They approved it all, yeah. That might also explain why you don't see a lot of Elvis's demise, Elvis's decline. That's actually a good point. And yeah, I, I felt like Elvis, as you said, was a bit modernized and like a lot of things were interpreted to, in, into him. Like you say, like uh, he was engaged with the uh, um, movement, with Martin movement, Luther yeah. King, yeah, civil rights movement and all of that. And that's the first time I've heard about it. And it felt a little bit forced and it felt a little bit like in hindsight, they are trying to say, ah, okay, Colonel Parker, his manager was like this bad guy who um, tried to hold him back from becoming more political, more rebellious. And otherwise he would yeah. have been more of that. But then when you read about it, it's apparently the Colonel Parker character. He was uh, never really against Elvis being provocative or uh, being out there and saying his opinion because uh, he actually said for him, Elvis was a bit like a male stripper. He laughed that he was so provocative and he was getting the girls crazed. Um, so there's different perspectives on that out there personally yeah maybe as a as a last point before we come to our rating are you a big fan of elvis in general we didn't even talk about it do you like his music did you listen I, to it a lot he was in your time right you're like about the, the same age now. Uh, look i was around for a couple of the 90s revival of you know a little less conversation a bit more action remember that yeah. one they did that yeah sort of i remember one. that one that they was did huge that one. i was around for that that was big prior to that you know like some of my relatives would play it one of my favorites elvis songs if i had to pick one is i can't help falling in love with you like it's yeah. a really re if you listen to it it's a really emotional song like you can see why people went crazy for him during at the time and why he's endured you know that and a good publicity setup i personally have to say of course elvis is uh, a bit uh, away from my generation I, I but i remember that my grandmother she liked him and she said it was a really big thing when when this music came into the dance halls it was stationed in germany which is only referenced shortly in the movie but that was actually a huge thing in germany as well at that time that he oh, was I just a, a regular gi being i think for one year or something like that stationed in germany and he was like a huge star you, you have to imagine it. it's like um 
I don't know who to compare uh, Elvis to the moment, but let's say it's like if Taylor Swift had to go to uh, the military in Germany, the US military, and then sitting like in somewhere on the German countryside <laughs> for one year within the military. It's pretty crazy that he actually did do it. Yeah, I don't know yeah. anyone who's seen him either. My dad did see the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> when they came to Sydney. Um, oh yeah, I remember that story. He was just different. going there with a with a date. I yeah, he was more that, interested yeah, in to get what lucky. Would become of the date rather than the music. <laughs> so overall, I think I would describe this as a beautiful failure almost because it yeah. it's very beautiful, it's very engaging, but I don't I think it it fails as much as it succeeds is probably a better way to put it. But overall, it's definitely worth a watch. I think most people would be entertained by it and I would give it Oh, three and a half, Stanley. Oh, wow. I um, feel that's a good uh, summary. It, like Lerman, uh, the director's definitely going for the fences in the first half. It was something different, but then in the second half, it just becomes too much of a traditional biopic, I found, like the, the Las Vegas part. My movie-watching partner even fell asleep on that part, so that tells you something, and she and she really likes Elvis. So, yeah, overall, um, I would give it uh, drei von fünf Sternen, three out of five uh, stars. It's still, if you if you like Elvis, I would give it a watch. Um, it's still entertaining, and, uh, and the music is uh, great, yeah. And now even more so that I know that the actor sang the first part yeah. of it. So, yeah, give it, give it a watch. So I have a slight Elvis story. When I went to Vegas for the first time, I stayed in old Vegas. For anyone who hasn't been to Vegas lately, basically all the old Vegas you see in the old movies is a bit further up and they've rebuilt a new strip. Which is how That's where the, the old people have to go when they come to Vegas. That's why Jared's Yes, but I'm, they made an exception for me. Anyway, I stayed at a old hotel, which was very old, called the Riviera. And some of you may know that that's where they actually filmed Casino because it's so old and crap looking. They were able to keep filming, you know, the original old casino set because it's quite old Great looking. Movie, but... And Elvis actually stayed there. And my room overlooked this broken down pool, which was empty and had scaffolding around it because they built a new pool on the other side. And they had all these photographs up in the lobby of like Elvis and the Rat Pack and everyone hanging around the pool. Oh, nice. I thought it was really exciting to stay. I was really excited to stay in an old hotel. That much passed. Mind you, the stained sheets and rather mouldy smelling room didn't do much for me. But I, I actually <laughs> quite enjoy that. To think that, you know, I'm walking around in the places that some of the greatest American show people walked around in. I think there's something slightly fascinating about that to me. And in that in that regard, I'm uh, totally agreeing. And I have a, a slight old Vega story as well. Um, we actually saw Tom Jones alive this summer in Copenhagen. Did and, you? Uh, it's just crazy. This guy, yeah, he's 82. He was, he, his voice is uh, still marvelous. He was sitting down a lot, but. It was really a great experience. And um, it's crazy. If you Google young Tom Jones, you have all these photos of him with like the Red Pack, I think with uh, Elvis probably as well in, in uh, Vegas. Amazing. It's amazing to see that some of these people, they still made it to today. <laughs> yeah, like, like it's, you know, I think all those fascinating old stories. Anyway, I actually, I read the autobiography of Barbara Eden, who a lot of people will probably won't remember, but she was Jeannie and I Dream of Jeannie. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, that's uh, before my time. Well, even. you know, well and truly before a lot of people's time. But anyway, she wrote at length about her friendship with Elvis. And when she first came to Hollywood and started being, you know, taken on as a star and all that sort of stuff, 
she used to hang out with Elvis. They used to live in the same <laughs> area and they would go swimming nice. together. Like they didn't have an affair because she was married and he was with someone else. And she said they actually became really good friends and they kept in touch. And of course, when he became famous, they kind of lost touch. And there's a really sad part in the her story where when they're older, he gets in contact and they say, oh, let's go for a swim together. So he goes, she goes around to his house and, you know, they're swimming in the pool. And she said he was really out of shape where he used to be really quite striking mm. looking. She was quite taken aback how sick he looked. And she had this horrible story where she said he was getting out of the pool and his, you know, swimming trousers came down at the back mm. and you could see his butt. And she said it was just full of puncture marks and scars from needles. Isn't that all? Yeah, she said it made her really sad. And she began to wonder, you know, the famous Dr. Nick, who was apparently Elvis's doctor that was supplying all these drugs. So apparently... Um, I don't know if that's the Simpsons guy. I don't know where Dr. Nick from The Simpsons comes from. That probably does. Um, but, yeah, I thought that was just a, a sad little ah, Elvis yeah, story. Dr. Nick. Yeah, I mean, I was um, taken aback by how young he died. I didn't know he was only 42. I mean, you you must have to do stuff to get there. That is um, yeah, you'd have to really be really pushing yourself to the limit shocking young. Yeah. Just uh, uh, one more question on that topic, because you mentioned his Hollywood time and it gets referenced a little bit in the movie as well, that he had this face where his manager is uh, pushing him into Hollywood and he makes like, I don't know, six movies within five years or something like that. Mm. Have you have you seen any of the Elvis movies? Yeah, I have. Are they as bad as uh, they say? Or I really liked A Change of Habit, which is with Mary Tyler Moore, where she plays a nun and he plays a singer. That's really good. And um, Viva, have you seen Viva Las Vegas? Sorry? Haven't you seen Viva Las Vegas? No, I have never seen Viva Las Vegas. You've got to watch Viva Las Vegas. It's with Anne, Margaret and Elvis. I didn't, honestly, I didn't even know that it was a movie. I just know the song. So shame on me. I got to do some Elvis research. Yeah, it's it's basically got Elvis Presley and Anne Margaret. Like, watch it because it like it's really old fashioned and everything. But they're both just so good looking and they're both singing and dancing. They're you know like crazy. And I actually, when I first got on the bus that came from the airport into Vegas, you can see some of the bits where they filmed it. Like, which was a bit of a buzz for me. Nice. It, like, I'm not a huge fan of Viva Las Vegas, but I've always thought that Vegas thing was because it's such a something that they push as being a bit of a legendary place and all that sort of stuff. And of course, it's horrible when you actually go there in many ways. But, you know, it still has a lot of Hollywood and music associations. Like to this day, you're still getting people in residence. So yeah, 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 exactly. A residency, yeah. It has a place in musical history, but it also has a place in musical presence. Probably not quite as exciting and glamorous, but anyway. So thank you very much for everybody tuning in. And we'll just say, Viva! Sydney. <laughs> Viva Copenhagen. <laughs> Good night, everyone.